Hello there. Welcome to A Very Fine House, brought to you by the Energy Pros. This is the show where we help you keep your home safe, comfortable, and efficient. My name's Pete. And I'm Marty. And we're the Home Energy Pros. We're going to talk to you today about everything you need to know about heating, cooling, and insulation, your drafty attic, your windows, your doors, and everything else you need to keep your space safe, comfortable, and efficient. On today's episode, we will be discussing saving money on your home energy bills. Now let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Marty. Good to see you. Yes, welcome to our burgeoning audience. Uh, Not sure if anyone is listening, but we sure like hearing our own voices. We're, we're really legends in our own minds uh, as we're as we're yeah. doing more of these. Hey, Pete, hey, Pete, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a philosopher over here, Marty, MGB. Uh, but look, a very fine house is going to be a big hit, according to Noah, our editor and producer. And the murder. Yeah, just behind the murder mystery genre. Like that guy in South Carolina or the Manson murders, you know? Well, we, we can only hope because I have to retire soon. All right, let's punch the clock. Let's get back to business. Uh, what, are, what are we talking about here? We have Let's get an overview. We've learned about our values. We had Dave Summer on talking about the H part of uh, HVAC. And, you know, what are we up to this week? Well, Pete, I thought we would digress from some of the technical stuff and talk about something you can really help us with, energy costs. Uh, investments in energy-efficient projects, financial paybacks, ROI, you can explain to us what that means, and so forth, how to save money and make good decisions. Yeah, I'm happy to see uh, if I can help. So let's let's get started. Let's get started this way. I've been taking like an informal, unscientific survey of friends and family and some customers, asking them some questions about their energy costs. And the question is very simple. How much do you spend on your energy bills, utility bills, electric, heating, and even water. Mm -hmm. And and to see if people even know what they spend. So what do you spend? Do you know? I I looked it up because I I, I thought that might be a a question on the quiz today. We spent last year almost $1,000 on electricity and $1,500 on gas. So call it $2,500 for for electricity and for gas. Sure. And I, I think you're probably on the low end, but in my little informal survey, I'd say less than half the people really understand their costs. They're a little bit uh, things people just take for granted, right? They just pay them and, and figure as long as the, the lights are on and, and, and they're warm or, or cold enough uh, in, the, in the summertime, they, they go with it. Um, so you're saying that that's a little bit on the low end, a $2,500 uh, a year expenditure. What, what, do you, what have you found in, you know, in your studies so well, far? I think as we talked in one of the previous episodes, many people view their utility bills as a fixed cost of living in the house they choose, whether it's new or old or somewhere in between. Like the average energy cost, or a better way to look at it would be the median, that I don't know if there is such a thing as an average house, is between $3,000 and $6,000 a year. So you're on the low end of that uh, standard deviation, shall yeah. we say. So that's electricity and natural gas for, say, a 2,500-square-foot house in the Midwest. And as we know, the rates or the cost per unit of the utilities are all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I followed a little bit. Natural gas is at you know all-time highs in terms of its volatility, and recently it's been three times more volatile than historically it has been. So it's really been all over the map. Um, you know, both gas markets, electricity markets, maybe a little bit less so. Um, but for example, Ohio, I think it's kilowatt hour. 
you know, uh, 11 cents, U.S. average is maybe, you know, 16 and a half cents. And in the Northeast, the New England area, it's as high as 30 cents a kilowatt hour. Yeah, that, that's crazy. So in Ohio, we're one of the lowest, have one of the lowest electric rates in the nation, three times as much for electricity in New England and California. And that is also very volatile. And our area just announced a 50% increase in the rate uh, in Ohio. Wow. Wow. Well, let's dive into this. So average cost, people's spending, what does it consist of? Electricity, lighting, what's in your electric load? It's a li- typically lighting, refrigeration, computers. Let's assume that- you know, Charging your, your cell phones, gr- <laughs> grow lights. Or your, uh. your electric car. But let's, leave, <laughs> yeah. let's assume you're heating your house with natural gas, grow lights, heating your house with natural gas. And a base load of your electricity is the basic day-to-day stuff that we take for granted, that everyone uses- Lighting, heat, right. refrigeration. Okay. That's what we call base load. Okay. Uh, the next component of your electric bill is the heat of your home. Everyone heats their house. Uh, in the Midwest, everyone has to heat their house. And that's usually about 70% of the natural gas consumption. But in some cases, people have electric heat pumps, but we'll set that aside for now. Right. Or, or they, they might have, you know, wood or Wood. Or, or in solar, a few cases, or, you know, wood, yeah, yes. Right. And then there's a cost of cooling. 2023, approximately 90% of the homes in the United States, which I thought was kind of high, have some form of cooling, 70% central cooling, and the rest in window air conditions wow, and the light. So that is, that is high. Way um, up from when I grew up. I yeah. don't know about you. But well, you're a lot older than me, so, right. you know, <laughs> this guy, I'm, I'm kidding. Low blow, low yeah. blow. Yes. But, but look, so you're talking about base load. Okay, I understand that from what you're saying. It's, it's, the, it's the things that you, you generally have in a house, the heating load and, the, and then the cooling load. So yes. let's, let's break it down a little bit more, uh, what these energy costs and components look like. So, so let's just pick a number and say $3,500 per year to do all those things, run your house on a day-to-day basis, cool it, and heat it. And it's, say, an unimproved house like mine. Um, it could be still a very fine house, but then everyone can look at their own usage. So if you're talking about $3,500, say th- approximately 30% of that is base load, $1,200. Heating, approximately 40%, $1,400. Hot water, about 10%, $350. Or cooling, about $525 a month. My house is about double that, but that's another story. And and the things that we've been talking about in the previous episodes, insulation, air sealing, ventilation, H and HVAC, will improve your comfort and efficiency and lo- help lower those costs. So we'll yeah. talk about that. And, and efficiency, another word for it would be, you know, money savings, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's where we're really getting at here. So, so Pete, this is where you can jump in here and help. So if the average utility spend is $3,500 and one could, you know, reduce their consumption through some of the means we've been talking about by 30 to 40%, which is not unreasonable. We see 50% improvements all the time in many of our projects with old houses, just with insulation, and maybe a new furnace. So, Pete, if one of our average listeners in their very fine house could save $1,400 every year for, say, 25 years, uh, run some numbers for me. What would that look like if they took that money and invested it over this time period? Yeah, so you're talking about $1,400 a year for 25 years. That gets me thirty five grand if I didn't do anything with it. Now, the historical returns of the stock market are about 10%. So if I just invested that $1,400 every year in the S&P, which is the broad uh, you know, uh, 
uh, index of, of the stock market, at the end of the 25 years, I'd have 166 grand. So that's a pretty Whoa. considerable savings. What, what, what if you invested in FanDuel? Well, even more. If you take the opposite of my picks, you know. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So what you're saying is everyone in their very fine house sitting on is locked up. There's a locked up annuity in their house. Um, gosh, my house is horrible. I mean, I, might, I probably could exceed that. My bills are like 600 a month, but there's an annuity that, is, uh, that yeah, everyone's it's an, sitting it's an, on. It's an unlocked value creating opportunity. You're taking money and literally, in some cases, blowing it out the window, right? It's just <laughs> by, by being inefficient. So energy savings is the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, what's interesting, or some people, I think it's interesting, so my wife doesn't think so, is that everyone pays their utility bills. You're not going to not pay your utility bill yeah. for very long. Yeah, right, right. Everyone is sitting on, a, a, is, would it be called a reverse annuity in their house if they can save energy? That's an annuity that- Yeah, in, in some way, you could think of it that way. Okay. Um, Look, we need to to, uh, to allow a few minutes for uh, some of our sponsors to get uh, a word in edgewise with all of our high uh, financial analytics here. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to discuss more. Welcome back, and uh, we'll continue diving in on energy costs within the home. Sure. So, Pete, that was a good summary of the save what people could earn with the savings on or investments in energy efficiency projects. I, I should note that energy costs are going up. You're using that on a flat, assuming energy costs remain flat. But in 2022 to 2023, across the nation, electricity costs are up 14 percent. Natural gas, 28 percent. And I don't Those see that big change. numbers. I don't no. see that changing. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's another side to this though that. Uh, in order to achieve these savings, in some cases, uh, there's going to be an investment, right? Yep. So let's talk about the investment side and the return on investment. Uh, people ask us all the time, well, okay, if I spend $3,500 on an installation job or $4,000, when will I get my money back? Yep. And if you do some of the other things like lighting and controls, which we we'll talk about, well, let's talk about payback, okay? So simply put, what is payback, right? Payback is the time that you need to recover the initial investment, right? So, and we'll get into some examples of what that looks like. So let's say for sake of argument, uh, and this is gonna take some Wall Street calculations, one spends $10,000 on insulation, a furnace, or various other energy efficient investments, and they get a 40% savings on the utilities. Drum roll, please. What is the return on investment uh, on that project? With this average very fine house, yeah. So you're talking about an investment gain of, you know, about twenty five grand, right? And and an annualized return on investment over twenty five years, a rate of return of about five percent, a total return of about two hundred fifty percent over twenty five years. So what was the return on the S and P? How does that compare to well, your you know, the, stocks that you yeah, pull the, around the, with every day? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I say that with all due respect. Right. Of course. I mean, look in the in the last ten years. The S and P has returned about sixteen percent a year annually. No, it's obviously you know not gone straight up every year, but you know that's a pretty good return, and that's a low volatility return, right? You're, you mm-hmm. know you're going to be living in the house, you know you're going to be enjoying those savings, so it's a pretty good um, you know efficient way to think about it. So that kind of fits with what we explain to customers. We think that in an average very fine house, the re- the payback which you described 
depending on where you start, of course, is between three to eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the ROI is. Yeah. It's a percentage annual return on your investment. Somewhere in the teens, maybe yeah. low teens. Yeah. That's probably right. And it's, it's another way of saying it's, it's kind of the opposite of your payback of simple payback period. And we haven't contemplated in this also, you know, that $10,000 investment, there are tax credits now available from the federal government. There are rebates that would lower that investment, which would accelerate the payback and increase the ROI, correct? Am I yeah. saying no, that I, correctly? I, I think that's right. Yep. We lower the investment. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good start. So there's simple ways to to improve this and lower your costs, right, Marty? I mean, it, you know, obvious things like sure. Turn, you, you mentioned your kids, hey, turn off the lights. And didn't you, there was a story about you uh, <laughs> taking the lights out of the basement <laughs> oh, or something? That's or, urban or, or myth. Is that, or urban, is that, that, that's a, urban myth. Okay. There were three areas, three ways that a, a family or a person a business can lower their energy costs and improve their efficiency. One is through the things we've been talking about so far, investments in heating, HVAC, insulation, and so forth, where you have to lay out some bucks. There's also operations. And then there's control. So, What do you, what do you mean by controls? Well, we talked about the capital improvements and all that. So by controls, we mean the little things in your house. Let's just stick with a home. Things like turning out the lights, right? Yeah, yep. uh, makes sense. Uh, lowering the thermostat at night. These remote thermostats, these these ability to control the house yes. and lights. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, some studies have shown that uh, setting the thermostat back, setting your thermostat, which means setting it back or lowering the temperature in the winter, raising it in the summer at night, or when you're not at home, can save about 10 to 15% right off the top of your heating and cooling load. Wow. That's a, that's a, so right now, is, any, is anyone, home, anyone home at your house right now? No. It's a hot day today yeah. in Ohio. Um, if you have your air conditioner at 72 degrees, you've been cooling that house all day and no one's there to enjoy it. We hope. Right. Well, I can hear my mom still saying, we're not we're not uh, heating the outdoors, close the door, or, or yes. we're not cooling the outdoors in the summer. So you're talking, that's a pretty significant saving. So safety of the home, comfort of the home, but- as you're saying, I'm learning now, it's an investment opportunity for the family as well. And if you have a you know fancy Nest thermostat or uh, any sort of digital thermostat, they have the, you have the ability to control and set back the temperature whenever you want. You can set a schedule and do all sorts of things. So a lot of people have those, but they don't utilize those. So that's, that's what we mean by operations, uh, shutting lights off, having lighting controls, thermostat setbacks, just how you run your house. Yeah, and okay. you're in, in essence, you know, doing a good thing, right? You're, you're, yes, you know, uh, helping to conserve our, our precious resources. So saving, let me ask you, saving the planet, saving the planet, saving yes. the saving the planet. No, exactly. What is the highest return on investment project for energy savings you could do in a house? You know, for gross savings, not just for gross savings, but for ROI. It depends on where you start, but one of the the two highest ROI. Now, it may not give you the highest gross savings on your bills, but the highest ROIs surprisingly is replacing an old refrigerator and lighting. Okay. Interesting. So if you replace an old refrigerator, you know, if you have, say, a refrigerator from the 1990s, 1995, before 2000 even, to an Energy Star refrigerator. Now, remember, your refrigerator runs 24-7. Well, I'm, I'm Googling this right now. Yeah. You could save approximately $125 to $150 a year. Wow. Now, you know, that's a decent amount of money, uh, but- and if the refrigerator lasts about 15 years, your, your return on investment is so massive. Call it, so here, I just Googled H or LG 
I think that's a good brand at Home Depot. Energy mm-hmm. Energy Star refrigerator, six hundred forty eight dollars. Yep. So six hundred fifty bucks. You're telling me I can save one hundred fifty dollars a year for you know fifteen years. That's correct. That and that's incredible. So the payback period on my refrigerator is about four years. That's correct. And that refrigerator may have a life of ten to fifteen or, years. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And again, it's not saving. You know, that's still a lot of money, but it's not taking a chunk out of your bill. But that has a huge ROI. Right. So if you have an old ref- beer refrigerator in your garage, maybe you could replace it with an Energy Star <laughs> refrigerator. The, the second one is lighting. And most people, I, there's still a lot of homes we go into where they have old incandescent bulbs or older CFL bulbs. Mm-hmm. Of course, LED bulbs are the rage and have been for a number of years. But just th- to think about this, again, I find it interesting, but some don't. If you have a 100-watt light bulb in your house, on your porch, or somewhere running 24-7, 365, which most people don't, but just to use in this example, that costs about $100 a year to operate in Ohio at these low electric rates. It'd be three times that much in California, New England, okay? Mm -hmm. An LED light bulb, a a straight-up replacement, same capacity and everything, um, costs about $20 a year to operate. Wow. Wow, so it's it's one fifth of the cost. One fifth, so one fifth of the cost of for all our a, a listeners, traditional uh, f- light bulb. A free giveaway here. If you have an incandescent bulb in your house or older CFLs, go out and replace them with LEDs right away. CFLs are compact fluorescent bulbs. It's kind of this. I almost I almost step. got into the business of selling light bulbs for GE. Oh, that's there's a, people another, made a lot of money yeah, off that yeah. re relamping factories mm-hmm. and office buildings and smart. So that's a that's a simple one. So what other simple savings? You talked about swapping out the refrigerator with the Energy Star. You, you talked about these LED lights being, you know, one-fifth of the cost of a traditional Well, light. we talked about the fan. We're not here to promote Nest, but they're a popular brand, uh, a digital thermostat uh, to control the setbacks and humidity and things like that. Uh, lighting controls for outdoor lighting or even indoor lighting to yep. shut the lights off when you leave a room or enter a room. Uh Cumulatively, that could save a lot of money. Power surge strips. Um, again, base loads are not a huge cost. It was we said it's the total base load was thirty percent of your energy spend. And that's just you, to think about that. Just that's just the to run your house. Yeah, but if you right? cut that in half, yeah. half of thirty yeah. percent, you know, fifty yeah. percent, you yeah. could save ten percent of your energy bill with very, very little investment. Hmm. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, if you really want to geek out, they sell little power meters you can plug in to determine. How much energy any little appliance is using, but that's that's next. That's graduate school stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the what about the grow lights? The grow- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you watch some of these shows. That's how they track these that's, these these these. That's little correct. Farms, right? yeah, yeah, utility companies watching yeah, you folks yeah, out there. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, closing your drapes in the summer uh, to reduce solar gain. Solar gain is fancy way for the sun beating into your house through uh, windows that heats up the house. Uh, solar, so putting having drapes or awnings or overhangs or trees over your house uh, reduces your he- cooling load dramatically. Makes sense. Dramatically. Yeah. That's why houses with trees around them are cooler. You know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, so let's talk about, you know, last topic here, the energy bill itself. You came into our office, you know, I don't know, a year ago and helped myself and, and a few of my work colleagues buddies, uh, who hopefully who are listening, they remember this, but we saved a lot of money on our energy bills. Let's talk about that a little bit too. Sure. Um, 
And if folks would take the time to, to look at your electric and gas bill, there's a number of components to your gas bill. In, in short, there is a fixed portion of both your electric bill and your gas bill that deals with the power company's cost or alleged cost to uh, deliver electricity or natural gas to your house, maintaining the pipelines, servicing the account, billing. There's about four, there's some taxes in there. Uh, those are all fixed. I, I look at that thing before you explained it to me and my eyes just glazed over. Yes. Just, there's yes. so much info and I think they maybe purposely make it That's hard right. to, to understand. But so what you're telling me is zero in on if you, if the you fixed charges. If you unplugged everything in your house and used zero energy, you still would have a bill okay. for the privilege of being hooked up to the grid. Okay. Okay. That's the, the fixed component of your bill that you really can't control. Then there is another line item that talks about the usage how much energy you actually consumed in your home, kind of like how much gasoline you used in your car. And in the case of an electric bill, it's going to say, I consumed X number of kilowatt hours of electricity or X number of cubic feet, 100 cubic feet of natural gas or 1,000 cubic feet of natural gas, depending on uh, how your bill is structured. Now, in most states in the country now, I can't think of a state that has a regulated utility for the fuel itself, you can purchase um, and choose your actual electric supplier and gas supplier. That is the company that is providing the actual energy right. to you. And which is fascinating. I didn't, I didn't never, I always thought you just had to go with who they told you you go with. So mm -hmm. you, you told me there's a, a way to comparison shop this using a website. Sure. And since it's deregulated, mm -hmm. consumers have a choice. And there, is, there are many companies out there that compete for your business every day that are the companies that are allowed to sell you energy are regulated by generally the state's public utility company. In Ohio, it's regulated by the Public Utilities uh, Corporation of Ohio. A consumer can go to a website in the, state, in the state of Ohio, it's called Apples to Apples, and choose a supplier. So if I Google Apples to Apples utilities comparison. Yes. And you would know from there are companies out there that purchase large uh, energy is a commodity. They purchase large quantities of natural gas and electricity and they resell it. And yep. those markets bounce around all the time. So a consumer can lock in an electric rate or a gas rate much like much in the same fashion they'd lock in an interest rate. A rate per unit and it could be a, on a fixed term. It could be a fixed cost, a variable cost, month to month. So whatever your risk profile is and where you think the market's going, you can buy your energy in a competitive fashion. And, and I, I remember it was it was so simple. So I, yeah, I'm on the site right now, Energy Choice Ohio. And, and we both, uh, my colleague Steve and I both locked in, uh, I think 24 months at a far cheaper rate than we were paying. And it was like, and then right. rates went up and they, like you said, they went up 28% in the last year on that gas. Right. So you can, you know, pick your poison, and there's a number of choices. It's fairly clear. Mm -hmm. You know, how much per kilowatt hour are you paying, and what term? And then I don't think I even had to go and notify my old provider. No, no. I just I just sign up for the new one, and that was it. Now, you know, of course, if you sign a five-year term, you're stuck with that contract yeah. for yeah. five years. What what a lot of people do or don't do, Pete, is they don't do anything. Right. They may get a phone call. They may get something in their bill. Hey, this is your time to choose your new electric gas provider. And if you do not proactively choose a supplier, then one will be assigned to you. Right. And you're probably going to get a month-to-month -month rate. And then as this market bounces around, yeah. 
I'm not crazy about giving advice on commodity prices, but you know, th- they're volatile, I think is mm-hmm. the best thing we tell our audience. And yep. you should keep an eye on it. Yeah, totally. Uh, so if you know, we talked about the $3,500 bill, approximately 80, depending on how much energy you use, 75 to 80% of that is fuel, is the actual energy. So, you know, take 80% of the 3,500, you know, that is the part you can control through rates. So if I can knock off 15% by buying cheaper fuel, like buying cheaper gas, Mm -hmm. coupling that with all these other things we talked about, uh, non-investment, operational savings in energy, uh, energy savings that result from investment, you could really put a dent in your energy bill without going crazy. Wow, that's that's a lot. I mean, so- how do you how do you know your your base load? What's the best way to do that? Well, when you look at your bill, you, you know, they give you a little graph. You can predict, you know, if you look at your bill, you can determine what your base load is by looking at a, a month when you're not really using much. Like this time of year in the spring, you're not really heating or cooling. Whatever you're using in a month like this, we're yep. in May, uh, is your base load. Okay. Or if you want to get real geeky, you can <laughs> you can go out and watch your meter, you know, yeah. look at your meter market and then 24 hours later right. measure it you can measure your okay. usage so right. i think the way i'd summarize it is as there's a lot of opportunity to save money on energy without going crazy or disrupting your lifestyle through uh, some investment decisions that can have a long-term payback the way you described it a financial savings unlock that annuity is the way we described it or non-investment operational based methods or practices that can save you money without really even thinking much about it. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Well, I know I learned a lot this this episode and, and I'm sure our audience uh, has as well. So uh, we'll keep digging in on a lot more of these topics, but you know, really just fascinating stuff uh, all around. Sure. Um, yeah. So take a look at your bills, folks. Take a look at the rate you're paying. And we hope this was helpful in um, taking your very fine house and making it more efficient. There you go. I'm Pete Carroll. And I'm Marty Berry. And this has been A Very Fine House with the Energy Pros, sponsored by Berry Insulation. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you name it. Got a question you think we can answer? Reach out to us and maybe we'll answer it on the next show. Learn more about Berry Insulation on our website, link in the description. And if you enjoyed today's show, a five-star rating and a subscription would go a long way. We appreciate it. Subscribe too, so you never miss an episode. Our sound designer, audio engineer, and producer is Noah Fouts. Recorded at Evergreen Podcasts, executive producer Michael Tialoya, and David Allen Moss. We'll see you next episode. And if you only remember one thing from this podcast, it's this. Insulation is an investment, not a cost. 